Hello friends, welcome to Dietitians Unfiltered. We are your hosts Tess and Meg, both dietitians, here to chat with you about all things nutrition, life and the career of a dietitian. We hope to educate and have a laugh as we share with you our journey as dietitians and friends navigating our way through our 20s. So let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to the final episode of Dietitians Unfiltered for season one. I can't believe it. It's crazy. Um, I think we finally have it down. I think we finally have mastered somewhat the process of making and producing a podcast. Um, So today we are actually going to do like a 21 questions slash 2022 recap. so you can learn a bit more about us and how the year's been and yeah, get to know us a bit better. Mm. So I think we, I'm going to kick it off with a little rapid fire round um, and then we're going to go into some more interesting questions. So Meg, first question, what's your favorite color? Purple. And you? Okay, obviously. My favorite color is probably, um, I don't really have a favorite color, but it's probably somewhere like in the pastel range, like purple, yellow, or blue. Okay. And summer or winter, Tess? 100% summer. I can't do winter. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. Yeah, I don't think we winter babies. Um, What's your favorite meal to eat out at a restaurant? I think it'll have to be like um, lunch, dinner, like a main meal. I would say probably breakfast or dinner. And what about, um, are you an early bird or more of a night owl? I've done a full 180 since I was at uni, but I'm going to say wake up early instead of staying up all nights. What about you? I'm the same. I definitely, I can't stay up late to, I can't, not even study for exams. I just can't do it. It's not a gift of mine. (laughs) So that's a bit of our rapid fire. Okay, so we're going to go into some more juicy questions. Starting with, how would you describe this year in a sentence? Rapid personal growth. How about you, Meg? I would say like wild and um, like unpredictable. Like you can't think about what it will be. You can't predict what the year would have been. Like wild and unpredictable. Okay, what did you want to be when you were younger? What did you want to be when you grew up? So I wanted to be a teacher. I always wanted to be a teacher. So when I applied for university, I also applied for um, like BSc Life Sciences. Um, So yeah, I wanted to teach and I kind of still want to teach. So I think we do do that in our job. But I think maybe at some point in my life, I might still be more of a teaching role. I don't know. What about you? To be honest, I have no flipping idea what I wanted to be. I decided I wanted to do dietetics in 2017, and then I started dietetics in 2018. 
So yeah, a little bit less planned. That's good though. You found your path. That's all that matters. Um, and what is something that inspires you, or what is, inspires you in life in general? In like a sense of like a quality in a person, or just something? I don't know. Can you elaborate on that question? Just like in general, so something that just gives you inspiration. So, for example, for me, okay, my answer is people. So, people's stories, people's tenacity, resilience, their dreams, their like just people's stories inspire me. I want to be better, do better. I don't know whatever it is um specifically I think about sport just from coming from a sporting background I guess it's from that like seeing people work hard and succeed like that's inspiring to me um not like in the sense of social media I don't want it to get confused with that because that's not really inspiring all the time I just say people like normal people or people and their stories okay yeah so what came to my mind is I mean, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts at the moment, but people that sort of go after what in like what their dreams are, even if it's not, even if it's against the grain and it's not something that we've been told to do. So that's really inspiring to hear people sort of, you know, find their calling or something that is gives them drive and motivation in life and they go for it. Yeah, breaking the boundaries, breaking yeah, boundaries. I think that's awesome. Definitely. And what do you think has been the toughest part of this year? Yo, that's hard for me because there's a lot of things that are tough. Mm. Like I, it's difficult to try and explain to people the situation that we're in this year. Um, and it's like I'm a very positive like strong person so I'm like fine most of the time okay but then sometimes you're everything just like hits the fan and you're like well I can't do this anymore I need a break I need to just like get on a plane out of here and that's then when like all the toughest things I guess come together so for me there's like a few things that together make it really hard so first one is like just being so isolated and remote like you are so far from everything that alone even friends and like your family is a given but even like friends or like somewhat of a social life you're so isolated from like it's only weekends that you have maybe a social life um secondly I'm in a long distance relationship so that is tough then you have you in a place where no one speaks your language, which is no one's fault whatsoever, but it's hard to communicate even with peers, like colleagues, even in a room full of people, it's English is not spoken. Um, and you know, that's just how it is. So you can't really communicate or be part of anything. There's nothing really to do, yeah. Yeah, I guess it goes with being isolated. And then for me, what makes it hard is social cases. So like pediatrics specifically, the social cases are just, it's heartbreaking. I can deal with death. That sounds maybe bad, but I can really handle that. That's fine. 
but I cannot handle a child that comes in like in a terrible condition and it's not I mean we can talk about this phase but it's not it's not even necessarily like that family's fault like the system is broken and the only thing that can truly fix that is like governance and like government and municipality and like things like that like not really always in our control so it's just really sad and it all gets a bit hopeless sometimes so for me who wants to like I'm someone who wants to like save every child or save the world like I don't know that's kind of the person I am so it's hard when then all of these things like come together and you're like I just like know where the end is like where is the light at the end of this tunnel because what the heck and then I'm by myself as a dietitian which I'm capable of doing but it took so long to figure everything out and there's always admin there's always something that you do like now it's November and I'm still finding out things that I need to do or I can do or I could have done like months ago that would have made my life easier but now I'm like doing it for the next person or whatever so that's also tough in the sense of figuring everything out by yourself and being alone and doing everything no one's gonna help you because they don't understand they don't you know like it doesn't benefit them it's up to you so when all of those things come together then it's a very tough day and a tough week but yeah I think that's my answer <laughs> a bit long and how about you how do you feel yeah I suppose it's also just a huge build-up for me as well it's the language barrier is incredibly difficult because you can't com- connect with your patients as much and you can't help them as much as you are capable of if you were speaking in in like in English and then again also just I guess the, I guess we have the same thing but the peds cases seeing those children just not taken care of and neglected and being in a rural hospital as much as the doctors and the allied health are trying their best for the most part there's just isn't the resources at the end of the day or you can't refer up because there's no beds and that's just heartbreaking to see these moms like see their kids in such a bad way and that's been really difficult for me like you said the system is broken it's not one specific person's fault, um, but to see people in that sort of situation has been really, really, really tough. Yeah, I feel like it definitely makes you grow up quickly and also um, just be more aware and more grateful for what you have and to always do what you can when you can, as much as you can, because you know, we can all only do so much, unfortunately, but I think we all give our 100% in those situations. So, yeah, <laughs> that is a lot. So to bring it up more positively, I think we should also talk about highlights or a good part of ComServe, whether it be a big moment or just in general. What mm. I've had a few highlights. Today was actually a really, really big highlight. Today is World Premier Day. And my first patient in Jan, I think the baby was born at 30, 30 weeks. The mom was a high school in high school and she was there for about two months. And we had some of the moms come and she was there today. And the baby's birthday is next month. And she's just looking so good and so big and so healthy. So just seeing that full circle from, you know, caring for the baby when they're born, 
to to now that they're thriving and and you know eating well and a little bit chubby which is amazing so that's been really amazing to see and follow through with the patients I think this is the first year that we've had that experience but then also personally I've really found a love for traveling and that's been amazing and I've also found my partner that I'm currently dating now and that's been a really really good journey because it's been a very different relationship to my others he's a little bit older so it's been really mature and now I think experiencing that that um, personal growth this year and sort of valuing valuing myself has led me to a really strong and healthy relationship which has been really rewarding as well that's amazing I love it um that's very special both stories and I'm also very happy to see you so happy makes me happy I think for me I guess the highlight I guess would be more like I feel like I've done a lot of the things that I wanted to do like within the hospital like resources and systems and like yeah things like that that I feel like I've been able to do that hopefully can carry on in the future that's been great there are a few patient successes but yeah not as doesn't scream out at me as much and then I think also like I've formed really or my best one of my best friends is in the town next door to me and her family is luckily here and that's just been we've just become so close and it's it's been just like beautiful to see our friendship like grow so much and that we experience like almost that we experience almost exactly the same things literally on a daily basis and we both in long distance relationships things like that so it's so nice to have someone that you relate to and just to have our friendship grow um has been really special to me and I think we will always remember this year like being together or that we're not together like all the time but being together and um experiencing the year together and like really leaning on each other and growing as friends and people like I just think it's been really special for me to see our friendship and to have that friendship during this year that's kind of all I can think of at the moment um that's very special Meg I think friendships are something that we need to cherish as well um and I'm really happy to hear all of that and how do you stay positive or have a good mindset in life I know this year has been challenging so what are some things that you sort of turn to um so for me I've answered this question before and it's kind of one of yeah so for me it's I always go back to my future is only determined by me I'm the only one that can control my future to some degree and my life to some degree although we're in a bad situation I still have somewhat of like control and power over my life and my thoughts and what I'm doing so I always just think about that and I think about okay well what can I do 
it's not always like that, obviously, but what can I do to, um, I don't know, personally develop, like develop myself personally or professionally or whatever it is. Um, I just try and, and think of that and just think, although it's a bad situation, I still have control and I can still do things. And that helps me have purpose and in turn be more positive. Um, but I mean, there's obviously times where that doesn't work, but that normally is what I turn to. <laughs> and yourself? I think for me, it's really trying to find perspective. So something um, my best friend Mia actually told me that I've been trying a lot recently is to be in the moment. Her therapist actually said, if you feel like you sort of your mind's running away from you, find something that you can see, hear, smell and taste. I think that was it, like all the senses. And then it just sort of grounds you. And then also just thinking, you know, Maybe today's a bad week, maybe today's a bad month, but you're going to get through it. And yeah, just trying to, yeah, just trying to calm my thoughts down through breathing and realizing that I'll be okay, I'm strong and trying to find a positive, not in the bad situation, but in something else and trying to practice gratitude a lot, which has been a really big thing of mine. Writing things down every morning that I'm grateful for, even if I'm not in the mood or feeling like it's a bad day already, has helped me just sort of pull myself together in a sense and and realize that it's not too bad. Um, But also giving myself grace that if I am having a bad day or a bad week, it's it's okay to feel sad and, and move through those feelings because I think that is also really important. Yeah, I definitely think the gratitude, like a gratitude journal is massive and can really help just even to start your day focusing on something good because it's easy to wake up and be like, well, this is terrible, I hate it. (laughs) But having things that you're grateful for and just reminding yourself of that just switches your mind into positive mode. And you will feel better um, and you will have a more positive day, even if it's still a bad day. Um, so I think that's great and a good reminder because I don't always do that. So I think that's something that you take on. And then what is something that like fills your cup? So when you're feeling a bit depleted or sad or anything, what fills your cup? There's two things that I sort of turn to. One is just being outside in nature and finding, you know, just being, getting some fresh air. I think that's so underrated. And then second thing is turning to the people in my life that are closest to me. I can think of four people at the moment, my mom, my sister, Mia and Mike. And they just, they really, really want the best for me. So just turning to them and being around them really energizes me. Um, so that's something that's fills my cup up really quickly. And how about you, Meg? For me, it is definitely the ocean. That's quite specific. General nature doesn't work as well. So for me, it's definitely being by the ocean and having a swim and things like that. Even just swimming in the ocean. And then like a home, or not a home cook, but pasta. Like a good pasta dish can easily help make me happier I don't know I'm definitely a bit of a food yeah pasta just reminds me of like home and and good times um yeah and then obviously being around friends and family as well having that support always makes me feel a bit better thinking about the ocean I don't know if you think I'm gonna 
if you're gonna think I'm like a complete hippie, but there's something about swimming in the ocean that there's like this energy that you feel. I don't know what it is, but just going under the water, it just makes you feel so refreshed. And like I always say, I feel like I'm being reborn. Like this is the best feeling ever. So I can definitely relate to that. So <clears throat> with that, actually doing life saving, you for, like from a young age, obviously in the water and swimming and whatever, and we use we have like crafts so like Malibu boards and whatever if you don't know it's fine but like surfing kind of but you have to it's it, you can get hurt on these Malibus I've cracked my lip open before and whatever so it can be dangerous if you don't do it properly um and I always used to say like when I was helping people younger than me um with even like catching waves even swimming so swimming all on a board I'd always say you have to feel the water you have to feel what's coming and you have to like be in tune with the ocean and with the swell because it takes a long time to build up the knack of even which wave should you catch for example so for me it's like you can feel like watch and you can feel and you like have to be like one with the ocean (laughs) to get it right and it sounds so funny but it's true and I think it's worked and if you're scared it's not going to work because you need to be calm and just let the ocean like guide you which is also probably sounds really delusional but you'll know what I'm talking about I think if you've experienced that yeah I know the ocean has some powerful effects on on your life I think and what going now towards something difficult what's a difficult experience that you think has made you stronger um i mean i think you'll know this but for me it's definitely my hip operation so when i was in second year so i was 20 no i was 19 turning 20 yeah um I had to have a hip operation which was quite intense because I came off the bat of um two international tours basically in life saving and I was really like finding my groove and um at the peak of my at that time um fitness and skill and things like that and I was only like going to get better hopefully I mean I don't know but hopefully so I was almost like per se at my peak and then I just had this excruciating pain basically in my hip and then I had to go for MRI and then had to wait to see a specialist and then ended up having surgery and then it was a bit more intense than what he thought as well so it was all laparoscopic but yeah so I had to have a, la- a I had a label tear so I had it um fixed and then they also had to release my psoas and tighten my capsule so it was a bit more intense than what he thought um and then so I was out for about six months before I had my operation and then it took me six months to be able to start jogging again so it was a really long process there's limited exercise I could do um in terms of like lower body even like abdominal exercises and things like that I was on crutches for long like when we went back to uni I was still on a crutch couldn't sit for long yeah it was just intense um I had to kind of re 
refine like also my identity because I was always a sports person um particularly like lifeguard and now all of that was like taken away from me and there was nothing I can do about it so it was terrible it was really terrible um and then I could finally get back and it was hard it was like so a whole year out basically before I could start jogging and it was just tough and then it was COVID so then I was like training in COVID and then finally like it took me what I mean I think in final year so like two years to really get back to kind of where I could start building again and then now I'm here so I kind of lost a lot of the progress but that's nonetheless um yeah it was just hectic having that experience and also there weren't lots of people at that time who had gone through the same thing so I didn't really have anything to go off and it was just like a lot like having to have surgery is just a lot and it's a big decision and uh, yeah it was hard it was hard but I think I have now I've got a good like sense of like motivation like I still want to do I still want to be an athlete again I still want to do the sport I love which I think is good a lot of people um don't always go back and obviously it's personal decisions but I'm glad that I haven't lost like my love for the sport and I still want to try and get back but it is very scary like I don't know if I'll get back to where I was I've got no idea you know I can only hope and train and do my best so that was just like a lot a lot and you lose you don't lose but you lose touch with a lot of people as well because you are naturally not going to training and events and like I couldn't do a lot of social things with friends because I couldn't like walk that far like I couldn't physically do the things so it was tough and I've definitely come out of the side knowing obviously who's there for me 100% and who understands and supports me and some people probably I don't even know some people don't even know I think what happened so that was hard but now I'm better and I've got no pain which is great because that's a bit scary I always think it's going to come back but nothing's come back so that's cool what about you Tess it's really um inspiring Meg I remember going seeing you go through that from a distance we hadn't really been close then but I think those experiences also show you who's there for you and who actually cares so that's really powerful for mine, this question, I didn't know, hey, I really thought about it difficult, uh, I thought about it quite a lot, but I think throughout the years, I've always struggled with trying to fit in and sort of like appreciating who I am. I mean, I guess I'm, I, everyone's unique, but I've never felt like, you know, part of the, the normal crowd, I guess, and that's a good thing now, but I think when I was younger, and it's something I didn't even remember, I think I was in like kindergarten grade naught or grade R, whatever you call it now. And my best, best, best friend came to me and she said, and I didn't really understand the comment. She was like, you can only play with us if you pretend you tanned. And for those who don't know, I'm biracial. So my dad's Indian, my mom's white. And I came home crying apparently, like in tears and hysterics. Like my best friend doesn't like me. And my mom was like, she was furious, obviously, but she said, don't listen to them, you know, when you're older, people are going to love, like, 
be jealous of your skin and you know she was really supportive she's always been my number one supporter but that really I think made me more aware that maybe I wasn't from the get-go maybe someone that fit in 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 a racial aspect and that's also really just thickened my skin to be you know what if that's something that you're going to base your values off of I don't really have time for you so that's really helped me sort of understand what my values and morals are and who I want around me and in my inner circle and it's made me quite blunt I want to say to who I keep around me I don't really appreciate people that are not there for the long run and maybe I don't have a hundred friends but I've got some really really amazing people that value me and I value them so that's really taught me to sort of be who you are and you'll you'll sort of find the people that that you'll you'll mesh with and and bond with for a really long time so that's something I've really think that's that's grown me from since I was little to now but it's been a journey it hasn't been just one experience but I think that was sort of the starting point of questioning questioning myself and and who I want to be yeah that is powerful that speaks volumes um I think it is a difficult journey in itself and it's just the journey itself in loving yourself and valuing yourself is tough and I think you yeah it's just like yeah I'm actually can't believe that person treated you like that to begin with but I'm so glad that you value yourself and that you've come to this place where you know what you're worth and that you don't accept anything less than that because you really shouldn't life is way too short and Mm -hmm. people need to accept you for who you are and if they can't do that then I don't think they're there for the right reasons so that's that's a lot thank you Meg that means the world um but to kind of go towards a bit of a lighter note we both living in park rooms at the moment so what is your best and worst thing do you think about living in a park home? I know the best part is probably quite challenging to find. So the worst part is space. There's no space. Secondly, there's no cupboards. So all my, all my stuff is just out in the open. It gets hella cold and hella hot. And I'm very sorry, but I don't have a positive. I just, I don't have any positive. It's a roof over my head. That's the only positive. And I'm grateful for that. I know that people don't have that. So I'm very grateful for that. But life's short to live in a park home, honestly. I think my worst part of being in a park home is our bathroom at the moment. It's actually disgusting. Um, Like there's no shower. It's just like it spills everywhere and it leaks and we've been trying to get it fixed. And the other day, the cold tap just, stopped working so we had boiling hot water come out so we had to like take buckets and fill it with cold water and have like really really shallow baths so that was really not great oh and also our toilet leaked to the point where we had to get a new toilet and now they've put the toilet on like a cardboard like I mean not a cardboard like a wooden plank and now the plank is getting all wet and it's just really not ideal (laughs) and nothing really functions the best part I think I can only think is the rent is really cheap it's 900 rand 
And then also a lot of the houses here don't get water and we haven't had a water issue this year, which I'm really grateful for. Um, but that's, yeah, that's the only positive I can really think of and rack my brain around. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, uh, the money is definitely, I think that's a very good positive. To- okay, what is your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve, and it really, like, grinded my gears last year living in Cape Town is when people don't move out of the fast lane when you're driving like the fast lane's there for a reason you know it's not there for you to drive at 100 kilometers an hour that really annoys me I mean just bad driving in general but that's my biggest pet peeve especially when I need when I have places to go you know Um, and what about you Meg (laughs) for me it is people being late or disorganized or like not being able to do something that's easy by themselves. It sounds pretty bad, but I've had so many times, specifically university, when I figured stuff out and then people ask me, like, I think it's obviously a dumb question, but it's maybe not. And I'm like, well, I figured it out. So you can surely figure it out. Like, why have to ask me? Then I've got to send like a million pictures and videos of how to do something. And I just can't. Like, it's too much for me. So to me, it all kind of falls in the same realm of like disorganization and lateness. Like, don't be late, please. And I'm with someone. I'm dating someone who's late. So I don't know what went on there, but he's better now. I'm helping him. So I've got, I've learned patience, but I can't stand it. But I also think you're in the wrong place because rural KZN, no one is on time. If you're on time, you are really early. Yeah, no, I've had to learn. I've had to learn to just not be on time. Like if it says 10 o'clock, I just go like half past 10. Okay, so what are three places or where are three places you'd love to travel to and why? Okay, I really want to go to Greece because my sister and I were supposed to go to Greece in 2020 and my dad said, no, 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 that's a really bad idea. I think the world's going to close and he was right, so good good on you, dad. Um, and then I also really want to go Europe, like Italy, Rome, France, all those places because I've never been to Europe. And three places somewhere in um, South America I think would be a vibe but I'm not sure really where, but South America would be cool. And what about you, Meg? Okay, so mine is also Europe, for sure, like consecutive vibes, like just backpack through Europe or see Europe. Then I think I would say I've been to Australia, but I haven't been to the Gold Coast, and the Gold Coast just looks absolutely amazing. So I'd love to wear the Gold Coast in Australia, but it's hard because I also want to go to Bali. So... Maybe I can just like combine the two together. And then Africa. I've been to a bit of Africa, but I'd love to tour more of Africa. I think it would just be beautiful from what I have seen. Wildlife, nature, just stunning. So that's what I would say. Yeah, I'm taking um, South America out for Africa, actually. Mike and I spoke the other day. We want to get like a land cruiser and just like flip and go off the not off the grid but just like travel Africa I think that would be incredible but then the next question is what advice would you give for the up-and-coming comm serves 
So I can only really give advice for people in situations, I guess, similar to mine. I can't really comment on others. So if it is somewhat similar to mine, I would say look after your mental health. Have have a expect the worst and prepare yourself mentally for a hard year and find people that are close enough to you that you can rely on and that you can do fun things with and that will support you because that's what you'll need a lot of the time and that's where you'll escape to and that's who you'll escape to so you need to find those people and and find that routine um early on um I think also have confidence in yourself because you can do it you really can don't ever believe that you can't get through the year and what would you yeah um a lot of people say the year it is what you make it but going into the year and knowing that it is going to be tough but it's going to be a challenge and be aware that also I'm talking from a rural perspective you are going to be alone a lot of the time so find something that you want to do maybe like having a reading list for the year or things that you want to work on maybe within yourself or painting whatever the case is so have something that if you are sitting around like twiddling your thumbs and feeling lonely that you can say actually you know I have something and like a hobby that I can do um I think that's really important okay awesome so what are you most excited about for next year For next year, I'm really excited to move back to the city where there is like more things to do and close to the ocean. And I'm moving in with my boyfriend next year, which is like a really big step. But I'm really excited to see him because the last since July, we he's been in Durban, so it's been and he's also been working on the weekend. So we haven't really had quality time together for a few months, um, like for a long period of time. So I'm really excited to be close to him and yeah, just sort of find my way. Come so we had to be here, but now the world is our oyster, which is also probably what I'm really scared about. Um, but also just to find what what I want to do in life and and that sort of thing. And you make? Yeah, I think for me, it is also like having accessibility and being able to do fun things. I think that's really, I'm excited to just have more freedom to like be able to just get in my car and go to the beach or get in my car and go to Woolworths or get in my car and I can have shoes. I don't know, whatever I can do it. Like, you know, now you can't just do what you want. So I'm excited for that. Although my my card might not accept the other things I want to do, but that's fine. And then just being close to um, my boyfriend, for sure. I've, it's been a long year and I'm just excited to be able to spend time with him again and like live life with him because it's almost been a whole year of not living life together, which is really terrible. And then, yeah, having like friends and family. I am a bit sad, like a lot of the girls that I'm really good friends with are going to be here in Durban. Um, so only be a few of us I think in Cape Town area but I'm still excited to just have a bigger or have friends close by that I haven't been able to have this year and family and my dogs I just can't wait to be with my dogs every day Um, yeah and also just that we can just go out and do uh, the things we can just go and be and 
that's really cool. Um, we've done everything we need to be to be dietitians and to get to where we are. And it's nice just to be able to like go out there and then just do it and become the person and the dietitian that we are meant to be, which is super cool. So with that though, like you said, you're a bit nervous as well. What are you most stressed or anxious about for next year? Let me be really blunt. I'm anxious about being broke and not having money. <laughs> like, I think we all need to realize that after ComServe, we do take a pay cut. And I've really enjoyed being financially independent this year. I felt really empowered and being able to spend money the way I wanted to. So that's something that is a little bit stressful, but it has been a motivating factor as well to just keep on pushing. And then also, I haven't told this many people about it, but Mike and I are going traveling next year overseas. So I'm only working for the six months until May, until Mia gets married, and then we're off. Um, so I'll only, I'm sort of going to be balancing between locoming and yeah, just trying to find, I'm not really sure what I'm doing yet, but just trying to find something in the interim to get get an income before I go away so that's exciting but also a little bit daunting that is amazing that is that's amazing awesome super cool I'm so excited for you I know that suits your personality it is who you are it's what you've spoken about before so I'm just so glad you have someone special to also do that with because the memories are always great um, sharing it with a loved one so I'm so happy that you're doing it that is awesome I think for me a lot of it's like time management um, because I am going to be doing my master's <laughs> next year and working so that's a lot to juggle and handle and then yeah also obviously like trying to work hard to to get some of the bills paid that is a bit stressful and yeah like starting out your career I think is a bit stressful but I'm also it's exciting as well um so as much as it is stressful I'm definitely more excited than what I am stressed but yeah it is going to be a lot Meg, I'm so proud of you for doing masters. I had no idea. I actually got a little bit of a goosebump thing. Um, so well done. That's really exciting. And I think it's natural for us to be a little bit anxious because it is a really big transitional phase of our lives. So, And then the last question for the day is something we ask all our guests is, what is your favorite quote or something that res has resonated with you recently that keeps you grounded? So thanks Tess, firstly, appreciate it. Um, but yeah, a quote for me is control the controllables. It's something I've always said from school and it's kept me going. Um, and it's just, it helps you just not stress about anything because just control the controllables, control what you have control over and prepare or do the best that you can and then you have to leave it to someone else or leave it to the world to just figure out the rest of it all. You know, you, you can't you can't control anyone else and you you just have to control yourself on what you can do. And that really helps me be relatively chilled. Um, 
So on my side, there isn't a specific quote that I, you know, stick to, but it's sort of a way of thinking. I've been reading The New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. And also been listening to a lot of different sort of podcasts, specifically at the moment, Mel Robbins. And from from both of those sources, I've really learned that your thoughts really shape the way you see the world and how you perceive the world. So that's something I've really been practicing and something that's really resonated with me is if you do have a negative aspect or a negative view on the world, things are going to happen that are negative. And if you have a positive view on the world, you know, good things are going to come. And if you believe that you can achieve something, that it will happen. And then also just sort of forgetting about the world around me in a sense of society but also just even people around me even people within my circle that feel maybe that my goals and dreams are not really what should happen for instance you know you go to school you go to university you get a job like I want to do things that make me happy I'm still quite young and if I want to travel you know now I'm taking that that time off next year to travel it's a very daunting experience because it's not really what people would maybe expect me to do or maybe want me to do but there's something inside me that really is inspired and motivated to do that so I think just going against the grain and really listening to to what's important to you and what sets your soul on fire. That's really something that has resonated with me and with those podcasts, listening to to people, again, like I said earlier, their journeys through, I guess, non-traditional success and how that's been a lot more satisfying for them and they've actually ended up becoming a lot more successful because they've done something that they love and that they're passionate about so that's sort of what I would like to do I don't know where I'm going to be in five years or ten years I'm not much of a planner but I just want to do things that bring me joy and do things that I'm passionate about that is a wrap on season one of dietitians unfiltered thank you all so much for listening thank you for your kind comments megan and i had so much fun we've learned a lot about podcasting it's been an interesting experience but we've chatted a lot about nutrition dietetics and also just our personal life and you know i think we've learned a lot about each other about ourselves and you know finding our passion within the dietetics field so please please don't hesitate to pop a question below or even just message us on instagram on what you want to hear next in season two and we'll see you very soon